Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah and I am here to talk to you about anxiety with the Miss Amazing Lucy Smith. And I know anxiety is huge in in our culture, in our world, in our concerns uh, after toxic relationships. And Lucy J. Smith is a mental health advocate, author, and podcaster supporting others with understanding and managing their anxiety after her own struggles. Hello, Lucy. How are you? Hello, I'm great. Thank you for having me. Oh, I am so happy to have you um, because when you and I connected, I was like, you know, anytime we can talk about managing anxiety, it's a worthwhile conversation for my audience. Um, How do you describe anxiety? So I think that anxiety is different for everyone. I don't think there's one size fits all definition for anxiety. Um, So for me in my own personal journey, it's really been about coming to terms with my anxiety, beginning to accept it as what it is, and then understanding it. So from my own personal perspective, I define anxiety as that feeling of like dread and doubt and worry in the pit of my stomach and the symptoms that it manifests is things like feeling sick, my heart racing. um, And it's normally about a trigger. Um, something like driving or being in public places or something that I'm uncomfortable doing is something that triggers those symptoms. So for me, that's what my anxiety looks like. And over the past few years, I've really been on a journey to figuring out as much as I possibly can about my anxiety and then helping others to do the same for their own journey. Because like I said, we're all different and there's no two people with the same anxiety story, really. I feel like when I'm anxious, it is almost like a spiral. Like I kind of think about like spiraling down a well or something, you know, just like circling, circling, circling and going kind of deeper and deeper. Um, A lot of my anxiety shows up as high functioning anxiety, right? Like I can, I use like I love being creative. I told you I was a piano major. And so sometimes when I'm anxious about something, I can use creativity to to healthy to manage it in a healthy way. It's like, okay, can I do something creative that triggers my brain in a different way to manage that? But uh, in, in the dark side, it, it feels like a spiral for me. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting way of looking at it. Like for me... I mean, yeah, I completely relate to what you're saying about the spiraling Um, and that's where my tools come in. So I have a big toolkit now that when I start that cycle, I can really try any of my tools and it will stop me spiraling down that well or it getting worse and more and more severe. So, yeah, it's, it's something that I think a lot of us experience. And I think especially the last couple of years, we've obviously been through a a whole global pandemic that none of us had previous experience with and none of us knew what to expect. And some people lost their jobs, some people lost their homes. Like it was really, really horrible time for people. Some people lost loved ones. So it's it's a tricky time. And I think a lot of people right now are experiencing anxiety for the first time and just not really knowing what on earth's going on. This podcast started as a result of my anxiety during the pandemic. Um, just like I was telling you 
when I manage it in a healthy way, it goes into like, okay, what's something creative I can do? And so because of my personality and what I love, I love the art of a conversation. I was having social, you know, when people are really introverted, talk about going to a party and feeling that anxiety and dread of like being around social people. I, my favorite healthy coping strategy was gone. Conversations, people, studying people, meeting people, interesting people was just gone, like immediately. And um, it was a real time of anxiety for me. And that's actually how this podcast came to be. Um, It was my way of managing my, trying to get back my coping strategy of connection. Yeah, that's really interesting. So one of your tools for managed anxiety is one of my triggers. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why we're all different. It's okay, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. So uh, will you define the tools and the triggers for it in just that one little circumstance? And then we'll get into uh, some of what are some other tools. But, you know, I knew what you were saying, but some people listening might go, what tools? What did, what what happened? So uh, do you want to define that for our listeners? Yeah, of course. So, yeah, sticking with the same trigger. So for me, a trigger used to be social situations. And I say used to be because now that I have the tools in place, I'm actually able to go and do those things without it triggering my anxiety. Sometimes I get little anxiety, but I don't get severe anxiety and panic attacks like I used to a few years back. So yeah, sticking with that same example. So if I was to go to a social situation, something like a party or a restaurant for a meal with some friends, particularly if there was people there that I didn't know, or if it was a big group of people, um, I would get so many physical symptoms before the event. So I would be sweating and shaking, occasionally crying, um, heart racing, really tight chest, Sometimes I wouldn't go. I would make an excuse that I was ill or that I had something else to do and I couldn't come anymore. Um, And basically it turned into like one whole mess of physical symptoms and overthinking thoughts and just everything basically in my mind and body that was just saying, you can't go, you can't go. This is going to be a nightmare. This is going to be really bad for you. You're going to do something silly. You're going to mess something up. You're going to say something that you'll regret. All of these things that just were never even going to happen if we're being completely honest. Um, But my anxiety was telling me that they were going to happen and that that was a real threat. So some of the tools that I use in this particular situation. So visualization is one of my favorites. And I would literally sit and visualize myself in that situation. So if we stick with the example of the restaurant. I would imagine myself sat at that table with all of those people around me and I would imagine myself feeling really calm and confident and relaxed, talking to all the other people at the table, them respecting me, valuing what I have to say, listening to me, really nice conversations. um, And basically I would visualize it going really, really well. And I would do that as often as I possibly could leading up to the event. Um, And then when the event came, your brain feels like you've already been there, you've done it, and it stops that anxiety trigger. Um, And there's been so many studies that show that visualization is basically as effective as doing the actual thing. Um, So it's something that's really powerful. There was something about piano um, and 
like muscles in your fingers or something. And there were people who were visualizing scales, right? So, but there were people visualizing playing the piano on those scales and they had like, I don't remember the exact, but it was a shockingly high number of like the same muscles were building the mm-hmm. same, um, you know, the same results that if, if someone sat there and practiced piano, I think the people who were just visualizing practicing the piano, it was at least 30%. I think it was much higher, but I, you know, it was, it was significantly like, wow. I mean, you can build muscles from your brain. I mean, that it was really interesting. Yeah, there's been a lot of studies like that. One that always sticks in my mind is um, a basketball one. Um, And like you, I can't remember the exact numbers, but it's definitely worth Googling it because it's absolutely amazing. I think one group actually practiced basketball. The other group visualized practicing basketball and the results were almost the same um, in the improvement of their ability. So it's unbelievable, really. Yes. You know, and that's something anyone can do, right? It's free. It's easy. All it takes is a few minutes, right? Um, I mean, the more you practice, it's like a muscle with anything. So the more you practice it going well, obviously there's benefits to that. But, you know, some, I think when we get into conversations around mental health and anxiety, it's kind of like the conversations around dieting, right? It's like, Some people have, it's like, okay, I have to have a personal trainer and I have to have this and I have to have that. And, you know, people are like, or just, you know, walk and eat less, right? As one example that we can all kind of readily understand. Um, There are certain simple things when we make it too complicated, we can miss some of the really simple tools that is accessible to every single one of us. Yeah, definitely. And on that note as well, I think we can also overwhelm ourselves with the amount of tools we try. So I always say, if you're going to start learning about your anxiety and start management tools to help with your anxiety, don't try and do 20 new tools in one week because you're going to feel overwhelmed and it's probably going to cause you more anxiety, which is just not helpful at all. Um, So just start with one or two and really just hone in on those, try them as often as you can, get used to them. And then when you feel ready in the future, obviously you can add more and try new ones, but just don't, don't try and start too big. Mm, Agree completely. Um, So one of the things I do with my clients, I'm curious if you've done this as a tool. So visualizing things go well. um, Do you ever create like a safety plan or visualize some type of plan of like, okay, if you say something bad, then this is the next step. So there's already like a safety net that you've already created for yourself in your plans. Yeah. So that is something that I've done myself. Um, And you can also do it in the form of journaling that exercise. Um, And also with things like um, what if kind of thoughts, what if this happens And then you can answer back to yourself. So you can say, well, if that happens, then I can do this. Or if this happens, then what will happen next? Will it be life-threatening? Probably not. And then you can sort of talk yourself out of it that way. Um, That's really interesting to use as a journaling technique, I would say, rather than visualizing. Because if you've got it on paper, um, it's easier to reflect back on and remind yourself. Mm -hmm. And what advice would you say to someone who because it can be anxiety to have a hundred scenarios. Okay. Let's go over a hundred scenarios that could happen. And that's, I think another way anxiety shows up. Uh, do you personally kind of try to 
limit yourself in a healthy way to just a few scenarios? So if there was hundreds of thoughts going around in your head, then I would suggest a task called worry time, where you literally schedule five minutes into your day to think about those particular worries. And then outside of that five minute block, you say, no, I'm not giving any time to those right now. Um, so I would put, I would put a time limit on it personally, just because, I mean, like you say, you could be there for days and days thinking about all the different scenarios and all of the different possibilities. Um, yeah, so set a time and then do that same exercise. Think about what if this happens and then make a list of things that you could do if it did happen. But also think about what is actually the worst thing that could happen? What's the worst thing that could come from it? And also what's the best thing that could come from it? Because sometimes it's something scary, but also it could have a really positive outcome. So really think about all of that in as much detail as you can. I, I love the worry time. I um, have my clients schedule sadness and I've personally scheduled sadness uh, because we want to feel our feelings. And I, I know I'm getting a little off topic here, but we want to feel our feelings. You know, we want to give voice to our, our worries in case there is something that is coming up or whatever, right? Uh, we're, we're not robots. You know, we want to give space and grace to ourselves to be human. And just like the piano scales, if we're practicing worry or practicing sadness or practicing despair or practicing, you know, um, jealousy or practicing whatever, that builds that muscle and we get better at worrying and get better at jealousy and get better at sadness, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think uh, none of us on this call want to be better at being worriers, right? <laughs> yeah so, it's like anything isn't it if you bottle it up it's going to be a lot worse so it is good to schedule the time in and to actually focus on expressing those feelings in any way that you can mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I highly recommend what Lucy's saying about putting a cap on it right yeah I'm scheduling my you know worry time I'm scheduling my sad time um highly yeah I said the sad time she said the worry time but I, I highly <laughs> recommend that so your brain is just not running you right that monkey mind isn't running you you're you're taking ownership of your own life and being proactive uh what are some other tools that you love lucy so mindfulness is another one of my go-tos um especially because it can just be done like we said it's free it takes minimal time it can be done alongside other things so i'm a big fan of activities that don't take you any extra time so for example mindfulness every time I am washing the dishes or hoovering or uh, brushing my teeth I use that as a form of mindfulness to really focus on the senses and the sensations and the things that are going on and my sink in my kitchen looks out of my window so while I'm washing the dishes I can look outside at the nature um, and I find that really really relaxing just looking around focusing on the things you can see um, if you do go for walks and things like that, or you get outside, that's even better if you can get the fresh air and the mindfulness together. Um, but basically just being present in the moment, taking those times every single day, little pockets of time when you've got them, just to really get present and focus on right now and what's going on around you rather than what's going on inside your head. 
there's a phrase that I talk about within my the context of my audience. Uh, is there a crocodile in your head or a crocodile in your bed? And where a lot of my listeners have been in toxic relationships or tech, toxic romantic relationships, if someone is in your space and you're anxious about that, that that is a sign that something's wrong. But when you are in a safe situation, such as washing your dishes, walking around, you know, you are in a safe situation, but your brain doesn't feel safe. That's where we can use these techniques to manage things. Is that kind of what you're saying, Lucy? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so hoovering, is that vacuuming? Is Yeah. I, <laughs> there was one word I was like hoovering I I think she's talking about vacuuming with a slight uh, yeah we call them hoovers here <laughs> that I like that word better <laughs> I like the hoover word um no that's fun um okay so we talked about the you know five minute worry time we talked about uh what's the worst thing that could really happen we talked about um you know journaling and um, we talked about uh, planning in visualization. Um, you've already given us so many tools. Uh, is there anything else that really comes to mind that you would want our listeners to know? I think like anything, just just talking about how you're feeling, whether that's anxiety or any other feeling, really talking about it to somebody that you trust, whether that's a family member or a friend or a professional Um, just making sure that you really express how you're feeling and communicate it because it's so much easier when you are talking about it like you said if you bottle it all up one day there's going to be a very ugly messy explosion and nobody wants that so um, yeah talking about it as often as you can is probably the single biggest tip and tool that I would recommend and all the others are just nice little bits around it when you've got time Um, but yeah talking is by far the most important from my own personal perspective. And my favorite thing about the tools that we've talked about here is that they are really things that you can do, you know, five minutes on, you know, in the U.S. or probably driving, you know, maybe where you are is public transportation. Well, some cities in the U.S. is public transportation. Most people in the U.S. and well, people listen to this all over. So wherever you are, whatever you do, you know, having that mindfulness, even um, it just it's just space in your head, right? I mean, none of these things are like, hey, you have to meditate for two hours a day or you have to take all this extra time. I mean, a lot of the things that you're talking about can be incorporated into your daily life. And the more you incorporate them, I'm imagining kind of like a, a balloon. And if anxiety, if the air inside the balloon is anxiety, these tips and tools really kind of start to let the air out of the balloon. So it just shrinks. At first it was really tight and like huge and, you know, big. But as you do these techniques, it just kind of lets the air out of the balloon, the anxiety out of the balloon. And you start, your your normal, your everyday normal starts to be less anxious. Is that what you've experienced? Yeah, definitely. Um, And also I noticed that if I, go a few days without doing any of these tools that my anxiety starts to creep back up a little bit again and I begin to get triggered easily and I begin to feel more symptoms. Um, so yeah, I definitely think making it a daily practice and not just when you need them is something that I would really recommend. Uh, me too. And I'm, I'm glad that we're talking about this because 
I think earlier in my journey, I thought, okay, what's the one big thing I can do? Is it going to therapy? Is it whatever, you know, what is it meditating? Like, what's the one big decision I can make that will make all my problems go away, right? Or all my difficult feelings go away. And, you know, as I've, as I've learned, as you've learned, Lucy, it's more of what our daily habits tend to be versus that one, that one time decision. Yeah, definitely. And it's taking action on those daily habits every single day. And for me, that was the biggest, the biggest change when I started doing them consistently. Um, like you said, it's it's one thing doing it when you need to in that moment of high anxiety. But if you're doing it every day, day in, day out, whether you've got anxiety or not, that's definitely the most effective way. Um, and like I said, it doesn't have to take two hours. It doesn't have to take up time that you don't have. It can just be done alongside things you already do, like brushing your teeth or getting dressed or doing your makeup, whatever it might be. Um, and just try and incorporate some of those things into the daily chores and things that you already do what gift you have given a gift to yourself in incorporating these tools into your life what gift has it given back you know lucy struggling with anxiety lucy managing her anxiety like what if my listeners incorporate these things i know it's all different but from your experience like you know what has been the payoff for you so i would say if in only one word I would just say freedom I think that it's it's made me feel so much more free like free from my mind free from my thoughts free from my mental illness um because sometimes we can feel like we're defined by that when you're diagnosed with severe anxiety and severe depression and you put on medication for it you think well that's it now I'm an anxious person so it's given me freedom from that as well um it's given me freedom from some of my triggers and freedom from fear I mean I used to be so worried and anxious about driving that I stopped driving I didn't drive my car anymore and that's there's no freedom in that lifestyle whereas now I can get in a car and drive almost anywhere feeling a lot more confident and a lot more um calm than I used to so yeah I would say in one word freedom it's given me freedom And we all want a little bit more freedom in our lives and in our heads. So Lucy, tell people where they can find more out about you. I know you've written a book, you've done a podcast. Tell people where they can find your stuff. Yeah, so my website is lucyjsmith.com. And yeah, I've got a podcast and book now. Um, Podcast is called Stand Up to Anxiety. And my book is called The Same. Um, So yeah, it's all, um, all about just building a toolkit and really coming to terms with your anxiety and figuring out as much as you possibly can about it. Because like I said, we're all different, um, but we can all get to that place of understanding and managing our, our anxiety. Lucy, thank you so much for helping us manage our anxiety today and for helping us become a little more toxic person proof. Thank you so much for having me. Have you ever wished, oh, I wish I could just work with Sarah. If so, go right now to sarahkramsey.com, check out the program section and see if the Wondrous Woman program is right for you. I help people reconnect with what's right with them, become toxic person proof and design lives they're excited about living. 
Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live. There's tons of support. And most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.